Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, this morning when I was thinking about introducing Jay, God gave me a, a picture and it was butterflies, multicolored butterflies just going everywhere and then I thought well what's that got to do with anything and I thought well a little bit of nervousness and nervous energy is called butterflies and um, I believe Jay, I don't I haven't asked her but Jay has a nervous energy this morning um, and God gives pictures in the natural to show a spiritual concept and as I saw Jay uh, get into the word and get into the ministering of the word this morning for us. Um, the butterflies, that nervous butterfly was go- butterflies was going forward, going forth. And they represent, this is what God showed me, they represent a transformation. So as Jay is speaking, those, that nervousness is transforming into transformation. It's transforming, it's, uh, it's creativity its potential, its vibrant mm-hmm. joy. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new perspective. So this morning as Jay brings a word to us, just be aware and be open and be available to have your thinking changed, to receive a new thought, a new life, a new um, joy. Because that's what Jay is here for this morning and I'm sure she is keen and eager to start us on that journey. Bless you, Jay. <laughs> Thanks, <Welcome>. Alex. <laughs> hey, guys at home, just sitting on a couch, so you guys feel like I'm there with you in your lounge room. I don't know who's watching online. You know, my kids uh, used to sing a song. Where's Ebony? Oh, I think she's out in kids' church. Otherwise, I'd get her to come up and sing it. She'd kill me. <laughs> so much fun being a mum. Um, she used to sing, well, a few of them used to sing, I've got butterflies in my tummy, oh, butterflies in my tummy, oh, butterflies in my tummy, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so when you were singing, when you were saying that, I'm like, oh, this is so funny. Oh, I'm going to be singing that song all week. Well, I'm really glad actually Alex started like that because I am a bit nervous about the word I've got to share this morning because it has come to me so differently. And, you know, when things come to you in a different way, I don't know how you guys go, when something feels a bit new, you're like, I'm excited, but I'm kind of like, this feels weird. You know, like, is this right? Is this God? Have I missed it? Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully not. Well, this is an exciting journey, a journey of joy and peace. And who knows, last year we definitely needed to know the joy of the Lord is my strength. We definitely needed to know that. And you know what? We need to know that every single year. We need to know that all the time because that is always a truth about God. And this year there is an emphasis on peace. So we go out in joy. No, what is it? Say it again. Fourth in peace. We'll read it properly later in a minute. I was just seeing if you could remember it. I don't want to help you along. (laughs) 
So I've got a couch here this morning. Actually, before I go into that, can we just close our eyes for a minute? Father, this morning I'm wanting to touch on some spiritual realities. And God, we need your faith eyes to see in the spiritual. We need your wisdom. We need to get outside of our natural heads and just be present in who you are. And Father, I just pray for an expansion today. I pray for uh, knowledge and wisdom about who you are so that we can grow in truth and walk in this world really well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today I've got a couch up here because when Chad mentioned that we were going to go on a journey, (laughs) when he talked about doing a series on a journey, I instantly got a picture And it's a picture that has been coming to me for a little while now, maybe about a year. It comes on and off. And it's a picture where I see someone on a couch. I can see the couch. I can't see exactly who the someone is, but I can see that they're working. And whenever I see this picture, it kind of baffles me. I'm like, why are they trying to work on a couch? A couch is designed for, sorry, all those who can't handle feet on the couch, but it's designed for rest. It's designed for tuning out. How do you work in this mode? Maybe they have a laptop. They can work away. But, you know, even that is something that you really can't do for very long. It's hard to concentrate and kind of rest at the same time. And it got me thinking about this. A few few weeks ago, I'm listening to a podcast and they're advertising desk chairs. I'm like, that's an interesting thing to advertise. And while they were advertising the desk chairs, they brought up the Melbourne lockdown. And the fact that after the Melbourne lockdown, you know, the big one, not the one they just had recently, but the really long one that just went on and on and on and on. Anyone here from Victoria? Did you experience that lockdown? No, we're all in South Australia. We didn't have to experience that. But (laughs) we felt for them, didn't we? That's a lot of time to be stuck in the house. I know that there's a Victorian out there because I can see someone nudging. (laughs) But that's all right. It is a long time to experience lockdown. And so this advert was using the fact that people had been working from home. They hadn't set themselves up properly. So they'd been, you know, working on the couch or on their beds. And so there's lots of back issues. So now for next time, you need to go out and purchase a desk chair. You know what? That's an interesting idea. I think there's far more to back issues than just purchasing a desk chair, um, perhaps not being in lockdown. But anyway, made me think, made me wonder. Wondering's good. Wonder is my word for the year. God, I wonder. So I walked around my house and I'm like, okay, so if I'm not going to do work at my couch, God, you're obviously starting to speak to me about something, then what are the chairs around my house for? I've got a desk chair. What's that for? I guess that's to study. That's to work from. And in my house, I've got a kitchen chair. And I guess that's where we eat from. I don't know about you, but I don't love people eating on my couch. Oh, no, no, no. Couches, just for the illustration. (laughs) There would be shoes off in my house. I don't love people eating on the couch. It's not made for that. It's not made for inviting... Couches aren't really, you can't really have a lot of people come and sit around a couch and eat a big meal, can you? No, that's what the kitchen table is for. We come around the kitchen table to eat a meal. 
There are different chairs in the house, in our houses in Australia, not in every country in the world, but there, there are often different chairs in the house and they have different purposes. And it got me thinking, God, what are you trying to say? From that thought about the different chairs, I instantly went to Ezekiel. And that took me so much by surprise that I didn't go any further. A couple of days later, I sat down with Chad and I was just talking about this chair idea and what do you think God's trying to say? And it was kind of an awkward conversation because how do you talk about chairs and this picture and what's going on? And he looks at me and he goes, you know what, that kind of reminds me of the four faces in Ezekiel. That blew me away. I'm like, how did he draw that conclusion? How did I draw that conclusion? All right, I've got to look this up. So I want to start this morning. We're going to turn to Ezekiel. Do you want to go there with me? Which tab is it? (laughs) There we go. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4. You ready to put your imagination caps on? I looked... This is Ezekiel talking when he sees a vision of heaven. I looked and there was a whirlwind coming from the north. A northerly. We understand what they're like, don't we? We can imagine that. We can feel it right now. I'm saying a northerly's coming. I only had one a few days ago. A great cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. Where else have we seen a cloud and fire? Has there been another journey that we've talked about recently where there was a cloud and fire, perhaps the journey in Exodus when the Israelites are being taken out of Egypt. Remember they followed the cloud and the fire? God leads with natural symbols, natural everyday happenings. In the centre of the fire there was a gleam like amber and the form of four living creatures came from it and this was their appearance. They had human form But each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf sparkling, like the gleam of polished bronze. Who's got a great imagination and can just see this right now? Who's going home to paint it in a bit? They had human hands under their wings. That's a strange thought. On their four sides. And all four of them had faces and wings and their wings were touching. The creatures did not turn as they moved. Each went straight ahead. The form of each of their faces was that of a man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. And that is what their faces were like. Their wings were spread upward. Each had two wings touching that of another and two wings covering its body. And each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went without turning as they moved. The face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an ox, the face of an an eagle. Our desk chair. No, that is not a desk chair. (laughs) We put them on the wrong sides. Our kitchen chair is the face of man. When do we need to eat? As as men and women, we need to eat regularly, don't we? The face of humankind is one that needs to always be coming to the table and feasting again and again, because otherwise we run out of fuel and we get something called hangry. (laughs) Or is that just me? I can't even think when I haven't eaten food. I'm like, I just get lost. This chair over here represents the ox, the ox that Mao began to sing about before. You heard him speak about the ox. Working. What does working look like? The couch represents rest. And, well, there's four faces and three chairs. 
I could never do math. It's fine. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry about that. Holy Spirit. When I was looking at this whole message yesterday, I thought I want to start with the kitchen chair. Today I do. I want to look at three natural images, three natural objects that we have in our everyday lives. Who has these three chairs in their home? Come on, there's got to be a few. <laughs> Work chair. I know some of you eat from the couch, but many of you would still have a kitchen chair. We each have these in our home. I think this image is interesting because I feel like God wants me to speak something of what it is to hear the voice of God on the journey that we're on. In this picture, I had an imagination. With my imagination came thoughts and wonder because I didn't have the full picture, remember? I just had the picture of the couch. And then I could think about the man that was sitting on the couch. On, um, there were natural objects that came to mind. Those natural objects took me into a conversation with a spiritual man who just happened to be my husband. We get to have conversations with other Christians and God expands the words that we're hearing. From that, I'm led into the scriptures. And through that, we get to hear the voice of God. I feel like God often has us on a treasure hunt. And the cool thing about reading the scriptures is that it has the ability to touch the hearts of each and every one of us because each and every one of us is created in the very image and likeness of God. Therefore, he understands us and he brings aspects of understandings out to all of us within the word. Who likes the historical stories that we read about in the scriptures? Some of you love how ordered they are. Some of you love the numbers that are represented within the scriptures and the understandings that come forth from that. Others, others of you love reading Ezekiel and you can just see these pictures and they just form an understanding of heaven and you get excited and, and you can expand upon them. Others of you will love the parables of Jesus. The stories that he tells, the stories that are timeless because they were spoken about in an age, but they were spoken in such a way that we can relate back to them time and time again and see how they impact our lives. And I want to read from the Gospels this morning. Can we spend some time in the Gospels? Can we spend some time in those parables? We're going to look first at what it means to feast with God. And actually, we're going to spend most of our time looking at what it means to feast with God because I think on any good journey, you've got to eat a lot of food. Yeah? When you explore new lands, you've got to try new food. Every single day, I want to experience a little bit of something different so that my world is expanded. Who's with me? The cool thing about being seated at the table is it's something that we saw Jesus do regularly. It's something that we can do on our own. It's something we can do just with our close-knit family. But it's also something that we can do and we can invite many in and we can have a banquet together. Eating... Feasting with God is something we can do in so many different ways, and I want to elaborate on that today. So when I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, I knew that I wanted to read out of one of the Gospels, and it was in chapter 14. Uh, but I couldn't remember which one, and I didn't have my little phone on me. If you ever see me get my phone out in church, I'm looking things up. I'm not looking at messages. Um, but I want to start this morning in Mark 14. 
if you have that. I haven't got it on screen, Jono, so don't worry about it. But Mark 14 is where I first opened to a couple of days ago. And this, again, was interesting because only moments before, I had been thinking, you know, the greatest meal that Jesus ever had is the one that we replicate when we do communion. And then I opened up my Bible and Mark 14 is the story of Jesus doing communion with his disciples. It begins with the story that I told a little while ago where Jesus actually sends his disciples on like this treasure hunt in order to find the building and the place where they're going to have their Passover meal. And I don't know if you've read that story lately, but it is a cool story to read. It starts in verse 12. There's your homework for today. Mark 14, verse 12. Read that little story and see how God speaks with his disciples. He doesn't give them the big picture. He just gives them steps and they have to faithfully obey. In verse 22, we see Jesus having the communion meal with his disciples and they are eating and drinking and he's saying, please, in the future, do this in remembrance of me. They don't know what's coming. He's only giving them a glimpse of what's about to take place. But it's a story that we now get to read knowing what happened at the end of the story. After that, I went to Mark 14. I thought, why not? I'm just going to try all the Gospels. In Mark 14, it is Jesus feeding the 5,000. How cool the story is that? I mean, the disciples say, why don't you just send all these people home? They've got homes to go to. They can go feed. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. I'm enjoying my time with them so much. Let them stay. I'm going to feed them. Within each and every one of our homes, mostly we will have a kitchen chair. Most of us will eat at least three times a day, if not 20 times a day. Feels like that. I've got kids. Can we remember every day to pray over these chairs? To pray that we and our family members take the time every day to consume Jesus in the same way that we're consuming food. Because our natural bodies need nourishment every single day, don't they? Otherwise we get hangry. And in the same way, our spiritual bodies need nourishing every single day. And every single day we can make the choice to feed our body with fuel that will not really take us very well on the journey. I don't know about you, but some days I have food choices where I'm like chocolate, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I try not to actually eat that, but that's what I, would feel, that's what I feel like. And you know, when it comes to our spiritual bodies, sometimes we feel like just vegging on the couch all day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. But we need to have an understanding that our spiritual bodies are just as important as our physical bodies and they need to be fed well. So take time to feast with Jesus. He stopped for the 5,000 and said, I will feed you spiritually. But he also fed them and nourished them in a natural way. That is how good God is. And he wants us to sit at his table regularly. In Isaiah 55, which is the scripture that we're using over this period of time, verse 1, it says, do we have that scripture? Come all you who are thirsty, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. This is what you need to hear. Eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. 
This is not talking about food. This is talking about eating, feasting with Jesus regularly. Just like I showed you and I walked you through the picture of how I got to an understanding that today we're talking about the four faces. That is how God leads and he guides. And daily he will feed you and you'll enjoy the journey. It's like a treasure hunt. It's fun. He wants to feed you today. Where did I get to? Luke 14. Who wants to turn there with me? Verse 12. One of the greatest feasting stories that Jesus talked about when he was here on earth. And Jesus turned to his host and said, when you throw a banquet, don't just invite your friends, relatives or rich neighbours, for it is likely that they will return the favour. It is better to invite those who never get an invitation. Invite the poor to your banquet, along with the outcast, the handicapped and the blind, and those who could never repay you the favour. Basically, invite all. Invite all to come into your presence to spend time with you on whatever opportunities you get. Then you will experience a great blessing in your life, and at the resurrection of the godly, you will receive a full reward. When they heard this, one of the dinner guests said to Jesus, someday God will have a kingdom feast and how happy and privileged you will be, the ones who get to share in the joy. Who's looking forward to having a feast in heaven with God? I am. You know why I'm looking forward to it? Because I feast with him here on earth. And I know how much fun it is and I know how much more exciting it will be when we gather together with everyone who has experienced the joy that God can bring. It will be an exciting day. But you know the exciting thing is? We get to replicate it here on earth. We get to live in it here on earth. We get to experience it and we get to invite others who have never experienced it to the table. Say, come, come, come here, come, let us experience this together. Jesus replied with this parable. There was a man who invited many to join him in a great feast. When the day of the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them, come, for everything is now ready. Who loves being invited to a banquet? Who loves it when someone else has laid out the tables and all you have to do is eat? I love it. I'm like, come on, I want to try what is in front of me. When the day of the feast arrived, the host instructed the servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them, come. But one by one, they all made excuses. What? One said, I can't come. I just bought some land and I'm obligated to go look over it. Another said, please accept my regrets. I've just purchased five oxen. My friends always say that. I need to make them come pull the plough. I feel like that's not a very good excuse. I lost my place. Where are we? Another one said, I can't come because I just got married. Excuses, excuses. The servant reported back to the host and told him all their excuses. So the master became angry and said to his servant, go at once throughout the city and invite anyone you find, the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting and the lonely, and invite them to my banquet. And when the servant returned to his master, he said, sir, I've done what you've asked, but there's still room for more. So the master told him, all right, go out again and this time bring back all with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcasts, even the homeless, urgently insists that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house will be full. 
Do you know God wants his house to be full? Did you know that he doesn't want to leave anybody out? I want to use an illustration this morning. I hope this illustration works. <laughs> should have tested it out beforehand. I have in my pocket money. I have $20. Who likes getting money? Yeah? $20 can go a long way, can't it? Some of you can make $20 turn into 100 turn into 200 turn into 1000 You just keep collecting them. Others of you will go out and buy someone a meal this week. Someone else will go out and buy a nice top. No matter what, money is awesome. It's valuable. And we can use it as we want. This is my $20. But I want to give it to Lalia. Lalia, this is your $20. This is not my $20 anymore. This is Lalia's $20. It's not anybody else's $20. It's Lalia's $20. When does it become her money? When she takes it. Is it her money now? It is. But she can't spend it. She hasn't taken it. Now, she can take it right now in this moment. She can take it whenever she wants. I've invited her to take the money. But it's up to her when she comes and gets it. Now, Lalia can also come and get it tonight. She can come get it next week. She could get it in a few weeks' time. I've promised it to her. This belongs to her. It's valuable. She can do whatever she wants with it. But it's hers. Enjoy. Many years ago, a man died on the cross. A person called Jesus. His value worth far more than $20. There's nothing that can replace his value. The reason he did that is because it was the only way that we could have access to God. The covenants that had been made with man just meant that so many were falling short. And so God made a way. He sent his only son. He sent his son, Jesus. And the moment that he sent his son, Jesus, we watched as he lived his life here on earth. He walked on earth without sin, without blemish, made no mistakes. But he was sent an awful death to the cross. You know, in my physical mind, in my natural mind, sometimes that whole concept doesn't make sense. But spiritually, I know that he died for me. And spiritually, I know that he died for you. But I also know the truth that if we never reach out our hand and accept what he did for us, then we never get to make the most of that value. You see, the access key to the realms of heaven is the person of Jesus. It's the person of Jesus right here on earth. And it's the person of Jesus so that we can one day have eternity in heaven. In John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. We'll get to have eternal life with him. When we read this banquet story, we're looking at Jesus inviting us into the throne room of heaven. 
and we get invited to the table here on earth. We get invited by other people. We get invited daily to come and to feast with God so that the value that he has laid out, he gets to increase. Every time I sit at the banqueting table, I get to know more of who he is and I get to understand that and then his valuable, his value becomes greater in my life. It's like collecting $20 bills. <laughs> Not really, but in a understand that, that natural working to understand a spiritual concept. When we spend more time with him, we understand more of who he is. We become more like him. We get to partner with him and it is a beautiful picture. If you don't know Jesus today, he's invited you to join hands with him and partner with him. Just invite him into your life. You can do that at any time. You can do it right now. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it next week. But just know, we never know how long we have here on this earth. God does, but we don't know. So don't wait too long. It's a beautiful story in Luke 14, and I encourage you to just go read it again and again. And when you continue in the rest of Luke 14, you'll see... The cost of following Jesus. It's not what I meant to say, but it's true. There is a cost, but it's a good cost. It's worthwhile, and I think most of us know that here in this space. John 14, can we turn there? I don't hear many pages rattling. We've all gone to electronics. John 14. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. For you've believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. That's what Jesus said when he left this earth. He, he went to just make a place for us to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am and you already know the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going, so how could we know the way there? And Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me, with Jesus. To know me is to know my Father too, and from now on you will realise that you have seen him and experienced him. Small decisions in our life, small everyday decisions have major outcomes. And so we want to know God so that we can make small decisions well. I'm moving from the kitchen chair back to the couch, back to a place of rest. You know, in our physical, when we lay on the couch, we kind of want to check out. Who wants to check out? Put a TV show on so I can just check out. That's not the way it is with God. When it comes to rest, it's about an eagle. It's about learning how to soar in his presence. And further on in John 14, it goes to talk about the Holy Spirit and how we can invite the Holy Spirit to partner with us so that here on earth we get to experience what it is to rest. The Holy Spirit brings peace and he brings courage. In Isaiah 55 verse 8, we read... 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Who's read this in the last few weeks and just had mind-blowing moments? (laughs) Hang on a minute. I thought I was like coming in line with your thoughts. And I feel like we do, but the moment we kind of have an alignment with God's thoughts, he then takes it to a next level. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Like an eagle soaring, we need to see life from a higher perspective. And that's the position of resting on the couch, is seeing life from a higher perspective. When you make small decisions, do it knowing the big picture. See, because these small decisions, they build up to create the world that you live in. They, they take you on the journey that you're going to go on. So you want to see the big picture before you make the small decisions. But sometimes God doesn't release the big picture to you. So that's where faith wings come into it. That's where you just have to trust. You just have to soar. You, ha- you just have to rise above. You know, there are decisions that I've had to make in my life that in the moment have seemed really hard. I don't want to let that person down. I want to be ab- available for that. I don't want to do this. But I have to see life from the larger perspective and go, this decision in the light of eternity is well worth making and make decisions from that place. Come on, I want you to hear this morning, small decisions made in the resting place have a large impact on your life. Make small decisions well. Do it after feasting at the table with Jesus so that you're aware of how to make small decisions really well. In Matthew 11, we have this picture of the couch. Couch is a resting place. The desk chair is where we work. But sometimes, God's thoughts aren't our thoughts. And Mal touched on it a little bit this morning, but in Matthew 11 it says this. In verse 26, Are you weary, carrying a heavy load? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am an oasis. Sounds good, doesn't it? An oasis. I see palm trees. I see water. I see the sun. Imagine the sun coming out for summer for more than a week. (sighs) Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble and easy to please. And now use that picture of the ox. Remember I said we're looking at the four faces today, so we've got the ox, we've got the eagle, we have humankind. Over here, the ox. That picture is one, and it says in many translations, one of being yoked together with God. And a yoke is a, it's like a harness that holds two ox together. The, the amount that two ox can carry together with a yoke on them is so much greater than what two single oxes can carry on their own. And that is how we partner with God. Do you know, just like there's so many different stories in the scriptures and so many different ways that we can hear the voice of God, in the same way, there are so many different levels and ways that we can partner with God. 
And God really thinks he keeps you in mind when he wants to partner with you. Do expect that he will increase the weight over the time. Do expect that. He wants you to grow. He wants you to grow up in who he is. He wants you to become strong. But he always has your back. He always has his arm around you as you walk through life together. You will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. On the couch, when I first started this conversation with God, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get how you can be seated on the couch and working. You know what? After reading the scriptures, I get it. When I am tired and weary, I partner with God and do his work. And he will restore my soul. He will bring me peace. He will bring me calmness. You see, so often we do what's natural and we go, you know what, life is hard, I'm out. I do it. But what if that's not God's ways? What if he's called us to a journey where he's actually calling us to, I know you're tired and weary, but just cook an extra meal for the person next door. And all of a sudden you become alive. I know you're tired and weary, but just go pay for somebody else's coffee and all of a sudden you become alive. You know, quite often thinking outside of ourselves just increases your strength. Sometimes we're tired because we just don't do enough. We're just not working our bodies hard enough. My question today is, can we partner with God and rest at the same time? I think we can. Can we work with God and be feasting at the same time? Yeah, I think we can. And can we be resting whilst we do both of these? I think we can. I think that those faces are continually interchangeable. And that when we see ourselves in light of heavenly, uh, the heavenly kingdom, we can see the different aspects of how God uses our lives. And it's encouraging and it's beautiful. Which Bible shall I use? <laughs> at the start of last year, we looked at the lion and I had that image of the laughing lion. And I just really feel that we're to continue into that this year. With joy and peace, we can go forth on this journey, understanding how to hear the voice of God through the different ways that God shares it with us, whether it be through a natural object. I hope none of you are going to walk through your house the same again. I hope daily you're going to be reminded to work with God, to partner with him, to ask him for opportunities. I hope daily you're going to know how to rest with him and daily you're going to know how to feast with him. And I hope daily you're going to know how to roar with him. The picture of the lion is so beautiful because it, it talks of this huge animal that has power and strength, but what does it do for its family and for its community? Pulls them in close. And there is a comfort and there is a softness. When it comes to being the face of a lion, we are to call our community in close and to bring a softness and a comfort but a strength that protects them from the enemy. And the enemy is never other humans. 
It is always principalities and powers. And the way that we go through to break that is to declare into the heavenlies, is to worship, is to push them back. I just spat, sorry. Got excited. You guys are so quiet today. Let's stand together. I'm going to read Revelations 4. You're welcome to stand with me. I'll say it nicely. You don't have to. In verse 6 it says this, Around the throne and on each side stood four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. That's such an image, isn't it? In front and behind. The first living creature resembled a lion, the second an ox, the third had a human face and the fourth was in flight like an eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings full of eyes all around and under their wings they worshipped without ceasing day and night, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Say it with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That was and is and was coming and whenever the living creatures gave glory, honour and thanks to the one who is enthroned and who lives forever and ever. This is how we get breakthrough. This is the weapons that we have in our hands. It is called worship. And it is the mightiest weapon that we can ever use, declaring glory, honour and praise over our community. Glory, honour and praise. With a mighty roar, with many voices, we can declare into our communities, you are free. There is a freedom of breakthrough here. We want to release something of what God is wanting to instill in our atmosphere. Can we just raise our voices and pray? Pray in tongues if you know how to pray in tongues. Just thank God for something. Be grateful. Oh, God, you're the mighty God of breakthrough. You're the mighty God of breakthrough. And we just declare that you are King of kings and Lord of lords over the whole of our community. We surround it with your goodness. We surround it with your love. We say, let there be a strength that rises. Like we hear the ocean roar, may the sound of many voices cover this place in your goodness and your love. You are King of kings, Lord of lords. You're almighty and we declare this place is holy, holy, holy. We are very, very, very much in this world in the natural sense. But let this year, as this year goes on, let us know more and more what it is to walk in peace and joy because we know God in the the spiritual sense. We know him and we eat deep from his table of delight. Let us know what it is to regularly rest in his presence. I know some of you are going through such rough things at the moment. I just pray peace over you and that you are able to rest in his presence. And let us know what it is to partner with him. I just get a sense that 
there is such shakings going on, but it's in the good sense. We are being shaken free of that which is just holding us back from fully knowing God in his goodness and glory. And he's wanting to release that and have expectation this week. Go around your house, pray over the different chairs, ask God right in this moment, position me, which chair am I supposed to be in? When you see chairs, change your position. When you come into church, so Lily did it this morning, come sit up the front, come dance up the front, choose a different side, swap it over. I don't know, move it around a little bit, just change your position and allow God to show you a fresh focus. Go sit in a cafe this week that you've never sat in. Do something different. Allow God to just continue to open your mind and hear his voice. Have an awesome week this week. If you are a visitor this morning, please join us for a coffee. Uh, It's on the house and for those visitors, that is. And um, yeah, I just feel the awesome presence of God is just going to surround you this week. Go roar into all situations. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.